All right, man, y'all are looking so good out there. Come on, somebody, y'all looking good. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking good. You are. <laughs> hey, well, um, I am so glad you're here. Guys, I want to help you out. I want to help you out with something, gentlemen. This week is Valentine's Day. So we're a full-service church here at City Hope, so I'm just letting you know, guys, this week's Valentine's week. That's all I'm going to say. you got to do the rest of the homework. Come on, ladies, where you at? Y'all got y'all to get some game on. All right. <laughs> hey, I want to take just a minute and brag on a group of people this morning. Uh, they were here at 6.30 this morning, set up everything you see. And look here, it's the setup team. Y'all, come on, give it up for the setup team this morning. They, they make this place possible. Everything you see, they make it possible. And I want to I brag on our kids' workers, too, those who are serving our children over in the, over in the student center. Uh, the next service, they'll actually, many of them will get to come to church. And so that's awesome. They get to serve and worship in the same day. So that's, that's pretty awesome, and I'm thankful for that. But if you have uh, your sermon notes, go ahead and take those out with me. And we are gonna, we're going to dive right in to the message today. And uh, let me tell you what's going to be happening in the next couple weeks, okay? The next two weeks, we're going to be talking about relationships. It's, it's that time of year. It's Valentine's t- uh, Day this, this week. We're going to spend two weeks just talking about relationships. Now, it's not all going to be for marriage. If you're single and you're like, every time it's always about marriage, no? We're going to talk about some singles too, some, maybe some communication, talk about dating. We're going to talk about some of those things, and then... The next, the seven weeks leading up to Easter, okay? Can y'all believe Easter's like nine weeks away? I can't believe that. The next seven weeks after that, we're going to talk about seven, seven statements that Jesus made uh, leading up while he was on the cross. And, and the series is called How to Live Through a Bad Day. You ever had a bad day before? Jesus had a bad day, I'm telling you. But on the cross, he gave seven statements and we want to just look through those statements for those seven weeks leading up to Easter. And it's going to be pretty awesome, okay? So if you've got your notes, you can follow along with me. Uh, our theme verse is Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It's on the screen there for us. And uh, it says, if people can't see what God is doing, if they, can't, if they don't have vision, remember, if they're, if they're not dreaming big, if they don't have purpose in their life, then they stumble all over themselves. It's chaotic, right? If they don't have vision, if, they can't, if they're not dreaming, it's just chaos. But when, when they attend to what he reveals, he gives them a dream, he gives them vision. When they lean into that, that's when they're the most blessed. And that's what we've been telling you guys over the last two weeks is that's where we want you. We want you living that blessed life. We want you to be able to say, I know what my dream is. I know what God's called me to do. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says it this way. In the last days, God says he's going to pour out his spirit on all people. Not some people. Not the people who've got their act together. Not the ones who just recently planted a church, no. On all people, he's going to pour out his spirit. What will it look like when he pours his spirit out? Well, it says it right there in the next line. It says, for, for uh, young people, for sons and daughters, they're going to prophesy. Man, they're going to encourage people. For young men, they're going to see visions. And for old men, they're going to dream dreams. So when he pours his spirit out, that's what it looks like. That we're dreaming again. So, here's what we're doing today. Last week, we talked about... How to hear the voice of God. Did anybody, did that, 
help anybody this past week just being able to like, hey, I'm, yeah, thanks for, for that. Thank you. So today we're, we're going to talk about how to not give up on your dreams. God's put a dream in your heart. How do you not give up on that? And we all have days where we want to give up. I just asked that a minute ago. Anybody ever had a, a day where you wanted to give Yeah. I wanted to give up yesterday. I'm just being honest with you. It was one of those days where you ever had a day in your family where, you know, we've got four boys. And there's some days where I just, I, I want to be through with parenting for the next seven years. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You just want to give up. You just want to go, oh, God, take me now. Just, you know. We have days like that. We all have bad days. And here's, here's the truth. We have days when we don't think we can make it. We have days when we want to give up. Here, here's something I want you to know. You're in one of three places right now. You're either in a bad day right now. You're just coming out of a bad day. Or as I like to say, you figna go into a bad day. You're either in one, you're coming out of one, or you're about to go into a bad day. That's one of three places that we're at all the time. And, and so we're just talking about how to deal with that. Now, I want to dedicate this message today to some, some people who, man, you're smiling on the outside. You're smiling, but on the inside, you want to give up. You're ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to just say, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And so today, today's for you. I'm believing that by the end of this message today, God is going to do something great in our lives and in our hearts. For a lot of us, it's not, it's not the fact that you're not dreaming. Like, you're actually dreaming, but you don't believe the dream can ever happen. You give up on it. You, don't, you never give it a chance. You're dreaming, but you say, oh, that could never take place for me. That, that could never happen in my life. So how do we deal with that? Here's what you need to know, is that dreams are conceived long before they're ever achieved. You ladies who've been pregnant, you know what I'm talking about. You don't just get pregnant and the next day, there it is. It's a process, isn't it? That's the way it is with dreams that's conceived inside of us. God puts something in our heart, but it's a long time before we ever realize that dream, we ever see it come to pass. And, and, and here's what we know about Jesus. He's the alpha He's the omega. That means that he's the beginning. He's where it started with the dream. He's also the end. <laughs> he's, where the dream, he's where the dream ends, but there's this space in between. Come on, somebody. And that's where we're living is the space. We're living between the beginning and the end. And we're in this space, and, and the space is where we get frustrated. The space is where we want to give up. The space is where we, where we are disappointed. So my job as the pastor is to just kind of come alongside you and help you in the space, to help you in the gap. One of the most frustrating things is, is the, the space or the gap between expectations and experience. Expectations and experience. Sometimes, like, like God puts this dream in our hearts and it doesn't happen the way we wanted to, the way we expected. It didn't turn out that way. And so... There's the expectation, and then there's the experience. We started a church in Alabama about uh, four years ago. We started a campus for our church, and I was telling some people this week, it dawned on me, that what's happening here in Wichita Falls is what I wanted to happen there. I wanted to go to two services there. but it never happened. I wanted us to hit 639 on the first weekend, but it didn't happen. And so there was a couple of years where I was living like 
in, in, in this frustration because my dreams didn't pan out the way that I had expected them to. Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever been in something like that? And so, so I want to just encourage you along the way today. We have this, we have this expectation and experience and, and we're in the middle, okay? So here's, the, here's what we're gonna do. We can't talk about dreams without talking about Joseph, right? Joseph, what, you ever heard of Joseph before? The, this guy, he is in the first book of the Bible in, in chapter, like, in the, in, the, in the 30s. So if you go read Genesis about chapter 37, you're gonna start learning about Joseph. He's one of my favorite stories in all of the scripture. I love this. It's an incredible story. He was, he was the 11th brother of 12 brothers. He was the 11th of 12. He was his dad's absolute favorite. No questions about it. His dad loved him more. His dad bought him a fancy robe. We call it the coat of many colors, but it was actually, uh, theologians believe it was a robe of royalty. It was like ornate. Today, it would be like if all of, jo- <laughs> I love, man, just, y'all, y'all go with me here. It would be like if Joseph's 10 older brothers got a 1976 Pinto for their first car. It was a hand-me-down. But when Joseph comes around, he gets a brand-new 2019 Corvette. And his brothers are like, Dad, what's up, man? How can you give Joseph the, I mean, we, we, we over here driving the Pinto, man. We have, we've never had anything brand-new in our whole family. And you're going to get Joseph a Corvette? Come on, Dad. That's the way it was. It was ornate. They were out there wearing tank tops and out in the sun while they're working in the field. Joseph's got this long sleeve thing on, man. They, it was a big deal. So Joseph's the favorite. He started having dreams. He started dreaming when he was 17 years old. And this is where we pick up the story. Do you all, you all watch it with me. Joseph had a dream. Now, let me, let me just pause right there and tell you the word dream. The Hebrew word is halam. Now, I don't want to bore you with Hebrew stuff because I don't even know it myself, but you know what I'm saying? Just like did a little research on it. But uh, he, the Hebrew word halam means to bind firmly. So in other words, this dream was bound up firmly inside of Joseph. This thing was, it owned him. You ever said that before? Man, you're owning me. This dream owned Joseph. It was inside of him. And you could translate that phrase, Joseph had a dream, to the dream had Joseph. It was big. And so, notice this. He had a dream. He went and told his brothers, probably the wrong move, because they hated him all the more. I want you to notice they already hated him. They hated him the more, all the more. Remember, he's the favorite son. They don't like him. You're a punk, Joseph. Man, we wish you would have never been born. They, they hated him all the more. And he said to his brothers, hey, listen, listen, guys. We were out in the field one day. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly, I can just hear him kind of saying, suddenly my sheaf rose up. He's like, check this out. My sheaf rose up. And stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to the ground. They bowed down to it. Basically, what Joseph is saying is, I know I'm the youngest brother. I'm, I know I'm 11 of 12. I know, that I'm, I know that I'm young. But what my dream was, guys, was that you submitted in authority to me. It was incredible. And his brothers are like, ain't happening, bro. We, we're not bowing down to anybody, especially you, Joseph. You're 17. You're you're. The, you're the runt of the litter, right? And so he, he's, he's, he's really got some character flaws. God's trying to work some character issues out in him because he's not handling it just right. He wasn't ready for the dream to take place. 
And so the, he, he says, y'all are bowing down to me. It was incredible. Y'all were, listen, to bow in those days was a sign of reverence, like submission to authority. You bowed to kings, to princes, to people in authority above you. And Joseph's brothers just aren't going to bow down to their little bro. So one of the reasons they hated Joseph, though, y'all follow me on this. It, the Bible says that he used to bring back bad reports about his brothers. They would be working in the field, and Joseph was a tattletale. He'd come back like, Dad, can you believe what they're doing out there? They're out there partying and stuff, and they were, they were setting Mr. Mr. Raymond's crops on fire, and, and, and like he, he's tattling on his brothers. And so they hated him because of that. Well, now Jacob, his dad, sends him to go check on his brothers again. And this is where we pick up a few verses later in verse 20. They see him coming in the distance, and they say to each other, here comes that dreamer. Look, hey, here comes Joseph wearing his fancy coat. Let's, hey, let's kill him. Now, I have three brothers. I've wished that sometimes I could duct tape them to a chair or give them a swirly. Or maybe I could put a laxative in their drink. But I have never wished to kill my brothers. Y'all with me? I mean, this is a big deal. This is not starting off right for Joseph. He's in, he's in bad trouble. Let's kill him. Hey, then we'll go back and tell Dad that a wild animal got him. And that's what they did, actually. They, 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 they told him a wild animal got him. And then... We'll see what comes of his dreams. Hey, he can't, we, we won't have to listen to him anymore. We'll be, we'll be through with that. But how many of you know his voice was probably echoing in their heads for years to come? So here's what I need you to know. Joseph, Joseph along the way had some bad days, and he had to choose whether to give up or to go on. There's, I'm, I'm, what I'm telling you is that there's going to be some surprises in your life. You ever had some surprises before? There's going to be surprises. There's going to be moments where you have to decide, am I going to give up or am I going on? Am I going to throw my hands up and say I'm done or am I going to keep pressing on? Joseph had to decide that. Chances are you're going to have more bad days than good days. Chances are you're going to have some days where you feel like giving up. And I know you're sitting there thinking, Ben, come on, you got to be positive, man. Okay, I'm positive. You're going to have more bad days than good days. I'm positive those days are coming. Listen, Jesus said it himself. In this world, you will have what? Trouble. In this world, it's going to be a bed of roses. Once you decide to follow me, your life will never have any more issues. Is that what Jesus promised? No. You will have trouble. And hey, if you're name it, claim it, and that kind of stuff this morning, I'm not trying to speak bad days on you. What I'm just telling you is there is a reality that bad days are going to come. They're coming. We don't want them to be there, but they're going to be there. And so Joseph, Joseph doesn't get killed by his brothers. They actually sell him into slavery. Can you all believe that? Joseph's brothers, his oldest brother, it says this, Reuben came to his rescue. They said, he said, hey, let's not kill him because his blood will be on our hands at that point. Let, hey, let's do this. Let's sell him to these slave traders, and then we'll go tell dad a wild animal got him. So that's what happens. They, they, he's the first person in human trafficking, which, by the way, this month is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Forty million people still in slavery across the world. That's pretty crazy. That's just a side note. So 
they sell him into human trafficking, and he starts working for this guy named Potiphar. So I need you to help me out. I need you to tell me whether these are give up or go on moments. Are you with me? So y'all, y'all got some, y'all got, it's crowd participation is the way it's supposed to go. So here we go. Look, here, check this out. He slow, sold into slavery to Potiphar. Potiphar was a, he was um, an official in Pharaoh's kingdom. And he is now a slave to Potiphar. Is that a give up or a go on moment? That's a, hey, that's, that's a give up moment right there. That's give up. Hey, he's sold into slavery. This is not a good day. Hey, let's look at the next one real quick. Um, he's living in a strange country far from home. His dad and mom think he's gone. He's dead. He's living in Egypt. They don't know where he is. He doesn't, he doesn't know what's going on. Is that give up or go on? That's give up. I'm going to help you all out with that. That's a red one right there. We're going to turn that to red. But now check this out. He gains favor in the eyes of of Potiphar. He starts working his way up the ladder in Potiphar's house. Potiphar makes him the head of all of his household. Is that a give up moment or a go on? Hey, that's a go on right there. So I want you to notice though, two out of three, that's, that's bad days. Two out of three, he's, he, it's not a good day for him. All right, let's go to the next slide. Check this out. Falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife came at Joseph day after day, the Bible says, wanting to have sex with him. She's like, Joseph, come on. Joseph, batting those eyes. Joseph, Joseph, come to bed with me. Day after day, the Bible says that she's like, come on. Let's, let's, let's go to the bedroom. Listen, nobody else is here. And he, he's telling her, no, that I'm, I'm going to be faithful to Potiphar. I'm going to be faithful to my God. I'm going to be faithful to myself and to you. I'm not going to do it. One day, it's just the two of them in the house, and she's batting those eyes again. She's like, come on, Joseph. And the Bible says he ran out of the room, but she tore his coat off, and she starts screaming and yelling and accusing Joseph of raping her. Is, is that a give up or a go on moment right there? That's a give up. You're you giving up right there because Potiphar Check this out. Potiphar's not interested in Joseph's story. He throws him into prison. The next one, he throws Joseph into prison right here. Is that give up or go on? Give up, man. Come, come on, God. I've, I've been faithful. I, I, if I'd known I was going to prison, I might have said, yeah, come on, Lord. What's going on? Throwing him into prison right here. <laughs> Sometimes when you're preaching, you say things that you don't. It's not in your notes. But check this out. He's put in charge of all the prisoners. Now this, this is a moment for Joseph. Like these prisons weren't like the prisons today. Now our prisons in America aren't the Ritz-Carlton. We know that. But these prisons were dungeons, man. They were, they were bad news. And I imagine the warden looked like a, a Quasimodo. You know, he's like hunchback. He's like, you know, the Bible says that he found favor in the eyes of the warden. I, I, it was probably he found favor in the eye of the warden. Come here, Joseph. <laughs> hey, put in charge of all the prisoners, though. Is that a give up or go on moment? That's a go on. Hey, two out of three. It was, a, it was bad days for Joseph. One more, one more slide. Let's look at this. While he's in prison, he interprets the dream for a cupbearer. This cupbearer had been sentenced to prison, and he interprets the dream. And he says, hey, 
When you get out, all I'm asking you to do is remember me. Give me a good word to Pharaoh. And, and he's forgotten by the cupbearer. That's a give up moment, isn't it? And, and then he spends two more years in prison. Is that give up or go on? Let's give up, man. God, I've been faithful all this time. I, I, what is the deal? And until the cupbearer remembers Joseph one day. And he says, King, King, Pharaoh, there's a guy in prison named Joseph. He can tell you what your dream means. And Pharaoh calls him out of prison. When, when Joseph tells him what the dream means, Pharaoh puts him in charge of the, the entire kingdom. Second in command only to Pharaoh. Is that a give up or a go on moment? Hey, that's a go on moment right there. Listen, two-thirds of these things that Joseph went through were bad news deals, Right? So why do we think when, hey, we're, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't have to be going through this stuff. But stuff's going to happen. And, and we can't keep it from happening. We can't stop the things from happening. But we can process it a little bit different. We can decide how our reaction is going to be. This is not in your notes, but let me say this. Life isn't what happens to you. Life is your response to what happens to you. It's your response. How do you handle that? So, Ben, man, we need some encouragement. You're telling me there's going to be bad days ahead? There's trouble ahead? I need some encouragement. Well, here's some encouragement. Romans 8, 28 says this. And we know that in all things, everybody say all things. Hey, at your job, in your home, at the university, at school, wherever you are, in all things, God is, he's working for the good. He's, he's trying to turn things around for you who love him. Those of you who love him and have been called according to his purpose. He's, he's working on your behalf. And Galatians 6, 9 says this. Don't grow weary in doing good because you will reap a harvest at the proper time if you don't give up. Come on, turn to your neighbor say, don't give up. Now turn to your second choice, the guy you ignored the first time, and say, hey, don't give up. Yeah, there's always a second choice out there. So don't give up, man. We don't, we're not going to give up. So my role today, what I'm just trying to do is encourage you along the way. Encourage you in the space in between your expectations and your experience. And every week I give you principles. Every week we come in here, I give you those take-home notes. And I hope you're filing those away somewhere. Every week I'm giving you principles on how to, how, how to apply the word to your life, how to live it out. But today... There's three principles that, that I think stand above most that I'm going to give you. If you will put these three to work in your life, if you will put them somewhere, refer to them, make them part of your life, like act on them. These three principles that I'm going to give you have saved my life time and again. So I'm going to give them to you real quick. The first one is this. When you're, when you're dealing with dreams... And you, you try not to give up, recognize and value the process. Man, this is, this is good, y'all. See, Joseph was in a process. He started dreaming when he was 17. His dream didn't happen the next day. In fact, he was sold into slavery real quick. His dream didn't happen the way he thought it was going to happen. He went through some pretty rough days. He was treated pretty poorly. 
But I think what Joseph knew is what we need to know. When something is happening to you, then God must be wanting to do something in you. When something is happening to you, God might want to be doing something in you. See, God doesn't, I don't think God brings the bad days, but I think he uses the bad days. And you're praying away the bad days. God, take these bad days away. Don't let me ever have another bad day in the rest of my life. But what we should be praying is, God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? Like you're try- He's trying to develop your character. He's trying to develop you as a disciple of Jesus Christ. What are you trying to teach me, God? I'm, if I'm going to go through this, I'm going to learn something because I'm not trying to do it again. Come on, somebody. You know, you, you don't want to go through that again. What are you trying to teach me, God? Because God is more interested in your character than he is your comfort. Mm. If you've got kids, you deal with that. I don't want to go to school. Well, hey, I'm not interested in your comfort. I'm interested in you growing up and get out of this house one day. I'm interested in you taking care of me one day. Hey, come on, somebody. I'm interested in you paying my bills one day. Come on. I'm interested in your character. Well, God's the same with us. He wants to develop us. Hey, we get saved. There's more to it after that, y'all. Give my life to Jesus. Oh, yeah, I believe. He wants to develop us. He wants to move us along this path of discipleship. And God's the same way. He wants to do something in us. So how does he do it? Check out 1 Peter chapter, chapter 1. It says this. Hey, be glad. Be glad. God's developing you. Be glad because there is wonderful joy ahead. In other words, it's not here yet. Joy is coming. It may not be here yet, even though you have to endure. Oh, man, I, Pastor, I thought we were supposed to enjoy this, not endure it. Yes, our life with Jesus is enjoyable. Church ought to be enjoyable for sure. But you're going to go through some stuff that you have to endure on this earth. And I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, y'all. I'm just telling you, you're going to have to endure some things for a little while. You're going to go through some things. And these trials that you're facing will show that your faith is genuine. Hey, if you bail out when the tough times come, in other words, maybe your faith wasn't genuine. But the test will will show that your faith, it's secure, it's genuine. And these, these trials are testing your faith. Your faith is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. You know how that happens? They heat up the gold to extreme temperatures, right? And what happens to all the impurities? They come up to the top and they take a skimmer and they, they move away all of those impurities. Can I tell you that you're in a skimming process? Man, when, when tough things happen in your life and the heat's cranked up a little bit and, and those impurities start coming out, God's trying to skim away everything that's not like him. He's, he's trying to get that stuff out of our lives. I'm preaching better than y'all are amen Hey, he's, he's trying to develop us, y'all. He's trying to get that stuff out of us. And it's a process. We're over here praying away the very school that Jesus is trying to use in our lives. Because every storm is a school. Every test is a place where God is trying to teach you something. Every experience you have is an education he wants to give you so you don't go back again. 
James 1 says it this way, count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kind. Now, I've never met anybody who counts it all joy. woo man, I'm so excited. got trials on my left and right. Dude, this is awesome. I'm so glad to be going through these trials. It's incredible. I've never met anybody like that. But James says, hey, count it joy. And not just joy, pure joy. Come on, James. You could have left that out, bro. <laughs> uh, count it all joy. Why? Because, listen, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. The testing helps you keep going. The testing helps you move forward. The testing causes you to persevere. And we need that in our lives. So I'm just trying to help you. I, I'm just trying to help you along the way in that space. So if you don't learn this principle that there's a process, then life will be miserable. It won't be fun. All right, number two. Here's, this is big. This is massive. You have to refuse to let offense stop you. Man, my goodness, this is, this is good. This is, this is big. You've got to refuse to let offense stop you. Joseph wasn't an angel. Man, we know Joseph had his own character flaws, no doubt about it. But what his brothers did to him was messed up. Y'all agree with me? It was messed up. Come on, Reuben. You didn't have to sell him out like that. He, he could have held on to a grudge. He could have held on to unforgiveness in his heart and said, ain't no way I'm forgiving those jokers. And can I tell you that offenses are coming your way? Like, it, it, it's almost like somebody went to growth track, step two at City Hope Church, which is today, 